are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. Got a lot to get to this show. The U of A basketball staff is starting to kind of round into shape. You're looking at some actual players that we might be able to get in the meantime, and there's a lot of other stuff that we might be looking at right now. But the first thing that I think we need to get to is Mr. Jack Murphy has been retained by new coach Tommy Lloyd as the associate head coach. Now, on the surface, this seems like kind of a no-brainer in that Jack Murphy has been around the U of A his entire life. He knows the school inside and out, and quite frankly, he's known as a pretty good dude. Now, he has made his mark not necessarily as a coach, but as a guy that's been able to make inroads in the international recruiting scene. And it'll be interesting to see how exactly he does that here because, honestly, you don't see a ton of need for that right now with Tommy Lloyd other than the fact that maybe Lloyd is going to be sending Murph out to do even more scouting, even more coaching. That will be an interesting one to follow. But I think that this also shows that Tommy Lloyd understands some of the optics in the arena in that, I think we can be honest here, Alums are not exactly thrilled about how this coaching search went through and about how you've got a lot of guys who felt that Miles Simon, Jason Terry, Damon Stoudemire, that these guys were all kind of token interviews. And again, that just doesn't go over well. And that was, I think, a big problem in this hiring process. Again, I'm all in on Tommy Lloyd. I have no problem with this hire, but when you hire coaches with the resumes or interview coaches with the resumes, the guys of guys like Jason Terry, Damon Stoudemire, Miles Simon, it is going to be looked at as a little bit of a slap in the face if they are just basically token interviews. Now, Jack Murphy is a guy that isn't exactly going to bring in a lot of natural fan gravitas because he's been a guy who's been kind of a career assistant, a career scout, but it's certainly a step, I think, in the right direction, and I think it shows that Tommy Lloyd feels comfortable with Murph, and I think if you're a head coach, that's pretty much what you're looking for. Now, the other name that I think a lot of people are very curious about is what is going to happen with Jason Terry. Jason Terry is one of the five best players in school history. He has some options now, I would believe, because... Sean Miller spoke very highly of JT's time this past year at Arizona, working really hard with the players and recruiting. You would imagine that JT would be able to help out there. Second of all, you've also seen that a guy like Jason Terry has the ability to probably get a new job at this point if he really wanted. So this would be a fascinating sit-down because if I'm Jason Terry, I'm looking at it and I'm wondering, how badly do you really want me? Because I've got options at this point. Conversely, if you're Tommy Lloyd, you're also looking at Jason Terry and you're probably wondering to yourself, okay, I've got a guy whose numbers are up in the rafters in McHale, has scored almost 20,000 career NBA points, 
is known throughout the world as a pretty darn good basketball player and certainly is well known here in the United States. So this, I think, could work, but it also needs to be able to be something I think where both sides are on the same page, because if both sides aren't on the same page, then I don't know that it really makes sense for either side to go forward with this. Because, again, you're a new coach. You don't really want to have friction on your staff. But who knows? Maybe he hits it off with JT, and then they both decide coming out of there that, all right, I'm going to be the head coach or the assistant coach for you, and let's make this thing happen. Now, I think it does help that Tommy Lloyd has seen Arizona basketball at its finest up close under the Lute Olson era. And he's talked about many times about how Gonzaga wanted to emulate the Arizona basketball program. And that certainly makes a lot of sense. And if that's the case, he certainly knows who Jason Terry is and how much Jason Terry brought to the table here at the University of Arizona. So that is an underrated aspect, I believe, of this entire coaching search in that Tommy Lloyd understands Arizona basketball and he understands where Arizona basketball was under Lute Olson. And honestly, I think he's going to try to get more into that way of playing. I don't think you're going to see kind of a slowdown slog. I think that you're going to see more of an up-tempo, more of a Mark Few, more of a Lute Olson type style. And we're going to talk a little bit about how realistic that is. But you should also be checking out Rock Auto. If you're listening to this podcast, you know how good Rock Auto has been to me. And if Rock Auto can be good to me, it can be just as good to you because it's easy to navigate. You go on the website. You can find basically everything there. And more so than anything, rockauto.com is cheap, affordable, and again, easy. rockauto.com. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. One of the big questions that I think a lot of people have is, is Tommy Lloyd going to be able to run an offense at Arizona like he did at Gonzaga? And honestly, I don't really understand why that would be any bit of an issue. Because, again, as people know, Gonzaga ran one of the best offenses in the country. They scored in the 80s periodically. The one question, though, that everybody seems to ask is, will that work in the Pac-12? Will that work in the pac And again, I don't know why it wouldn't, because when you've got a better offensive mind, why, and you have the talent, why can't this work? It worked for Lute Olsen. Now, again, I'm not saying that Tommy Lloyd is Lute Olsen, because Tommy Lloyd is not Lute Olsen, and uh, I would be very surprised if he turned into being Lute Olsen. But he still is a guy that, is going to be able to get a higher caliber of athlete at Arizona. And that's a big distinction that people need to understand here. People keep talking about, well, Gonzaga, you know, you played in the smaller conference, you played in the mountain, or you played in the West Coast Conference. That's that's more difficult. Okay, fair enough to get those kind of players. At Arizona, and I think this is fair to say, Arizona's got a higher apex than Gonzaga does. Arizona at its apex is a team, is a program that can get top five after top five player, top 10 player, McDonald's All-Americans. You don't necessarily have to go that European route. So I think that you might see a little bit of a different structure at Arizona than you did at Gonzaga, but I also think you're going to see better players. And I think you're going to see better players on down the line. And I think you're going to be able to see a, a team next year that should be, let's, Let's be honest, pretty good. 
Now, let's get into some of these players here. And the first the first name that everybody needs to know, obviously, is James Akinjo. It sounds like James Akinjo's out. Now, when you've got options like Kansas and Baylor and Auburn, totally get it. And I tip my cap to James Akinjo because he was a warrior during his time here at the U of A and a guy that I liked from day one, and I wish him nothing but the best. So you've got a glaring hole at that point guard spot, which is obviously going to be something that you need to have occupied if you're going to take that first that first step in that first tier, get that point entirely. But you've already got a commitment now from Dylan Anderson out of Phoenix. We've talked about him quite a bit already. Then you get Gonzaga transfer Omar Ballo, who is a guy that didn't play a ton of Gonzaga, didn't look all that great during his time at Gonzaga, but you watch him, though, and he's a guy that could take up space, and I think more so than anything, Christian Coloco was one of the first people that welcomed him aboard. I think a lot of people wondered, is Christian Coloco going to be here along with Omar Ballo? Who knows? But that's certainly a good first step. And you can kind of see that big man rotation taking place where you're going to have a front court of the Gonzaga transfer, Christian Coloco, Azulis Tabellis, and then Jordan Brown. That's not bad. Again, it's not like you're going to be talking about the reincarnation of the 2001 Arizona Wildcats. But overall, I think that that's a, a lineup that people can deal with. Now, a lot of people are questioning whether the Gonzaga transfer is good enough for Arizona being that he didn't play much during his time in Spokane. Here's my take. If Tommy Lloyd, who saw him up close and personal every single day in practice, says he's good enough for Arizona, then I don't have any problem with it. I think Lloyd's track record as a scout bears that out. And again, I have no problem. Anybody he brings in until I start getting feelings that, eh, this guy probably shouldn't be there, go for it. And that's exactly what they did. So you can start to see the front court taking place. Now, you look on the perimeter. You got a guy like a Benedict Matherin. He is really the big domino that everybody is still waiting on because he is the one guy that has that NBA potential. And he was obviously very upset about Sean Miller leaving, took all of his uh, stuff off Instagram. But it does seem that there is some hope for him coming back because. He hasn't entered the transfer portal. Generally, guys that are going to make that move, they enter that portal, and they enter that portal very quickly, just like James Akinjo did. Benedict Matherin has not done that, and I think it's a pretty easy pitch if you're Tommy Lloyd. You can say, listen, we put guys in the NBA. I've got a lot of experience with international overseas players. You fit really well into what I want to do from a tempo, from a pace perspective. Let's make this one happen right here. And again, I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to build my offense around you, but I'm going to be able to sit here and tell you that you're going to be a big part of it and I can help get you to the NBA. I have no inside information. I'm not that guy like Jason Shear, but I do believe that he's going to be a guy that will come back because honestly, I think it makes too much sense for both sides. I think it makes sense for Benedict Matherin because he's going to be able to play in a tempo that I think is going to fit him incredibly well. And on top of that, you got a guy in Tommy Lloyd who's looking to hit the ground running from a player, from a recruiting aspect. And what better way to get a guy back who has the potential to be a lottery pick? And that's exactly what Benedict Matherin does bring to the table. 
Daylon Terry, it seems like he's coming back. And I'm excited about that one as too as well because the six foot seven, six foot six wing out of Phoenix, I don't think showed last year what he can really do. I've always believed that he is an NBA type player. And if he can come back and show that ability, show the passing, show the scoring, all of that, I think that he's got the potential to be that NBA guy and another guy that could get you 25, 26, 27 minutes a game next year. Now, you always hear that the biggest jump is made from your freshman to sophomore year. That's 100% true. Sometimes guys, though, are already good enough as a freshman that they don't necessarily need to take that jump. Daylon Terry is a guy that I think will make that jump, and I think he's going to make a big jump. So having a guy like Terry theoretically back in the fold, along with Benedict Matherin, that's some good stuff right there. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. Now, you can start looking at how this Arizona team is starting to unfold, and you look around the landscape of the Pac-12, and again, I don't want to get too far ahead here, but you know what? It's a podcast, and that's exactly what we're able to do. And I think this team's going to be pretty darn good. I don't think they're going to be UCLA, and I hate to break this to people, but I think UCLA next year is going to be the best team in the country. They are absolutely loaded at almost every single position, especially if they get a couple players back here or there. But after that, Oregon's lost quite a bit. You lost Chris Duarte. LJ Figueroa announced that he's going. Eugene Omaruri is out. They'll obviously reload and get some more transfers. But Arizona, I think, is going to be right in that position to challenge for that second spot in the Pac-12. Now, the one thing that you do need to get is you do need to get that point guard. And that's why I think Ty Ty Washington is so incredibly important right now because you don't have that guy. Now, I think people need to be realistic here. Ty Ty Washington is a very, very good player. There's no doubt about it. But he is also not a guy that is probably going to be better than a senior year James Akinjo. But by the time you hit tournament, if you've got him surrounded by Azulis, surrounded by Benedict Matherin, Dalen Terry, you've got a team that I think is going to be able to feed pretty well off of him. So you're kind of all in right now on the Ty Ty Washington bus. Now, a lot of people have wondered if you don't get him, where is the next step? And the cool thing about the transfer portal and why it makes everything good for Arizona right now is the transfer portal is always going to be open for business. So you might not get a guy like Ty Ty Washington, but you're going to be able to get somebody of that ilk, somebody that can maybe not be an NBA player, but somebody that can be a guy who is able to make that team serviceable at the point guard position. And do you really want anything more than that, given the circumstances? I mean, of course you do, but I don't know that that's necessarily a realistic option. So Tommy Lloyd talked about how he wanted to hit the ground running here at the U of A, and he certainly got all of the potential to make that happen. Now, will he be able to retain all these players? It's certainly going to be give and take, and I don't think that anybody is disputing that. But so far, he's got to be pretty happy with the team that he's inherited and the players that at least seem like they are on the verge of coming back. Because remember, at this time last week, it looked like a team that was about to lose basically every single player. And you're wondering, all right, are we going to start from scratch? 
is this going to be the proverbial five, six, seven year rebuild, which is always bandied about, but it's always totally exaggerated? No, that's not what's going to happen here. This is going to be one way, shape, or form a tournament team next year. And I think if you're Tommy Lloyd, you got to really tip your cap to the previous coaching staff in that regard because you're inheriting a roster that is much better than what most first-year guys get. We're going to have a ton of updates on it, what exactly this means going forward, because I would imagine you're going to see a lot more players commit. You're going to see more players in flux, and this is going to be the place to be at Locked On Wildcats. And you know what? If you want to get your bet in on Arizona, beating the odds next year, you should probably be getting it in at betonline.ag. We're going to have a lot of stuff to continue to talk about later in the week. We're either even going to get into a little bit of football. But right now, it's a good time to be an Arizona Wildcat fan because I think Tommy Lloyd gets it. And you can tell by some of the roster retention that's in place that there's probably only good news that's going to be occurring from here.